Hi, Paul. Hi, Janina. How are you? I'm well. Gosh, it must be uh, March already. Yeah, it's time for Mobile World Congress. It's Where time are for you? Mobile Congress. Well, I'm not in Barcelona. <laughs> no, <laughs> we're not there. We're not but there not, this year. Not physically, at least. No. But uh, but I think maybe we can uh, we can attempt a little virtual uh, tie-up to uh, our colleagues over there. Yes, and I think mentally and emotionally, <laughs> we are there. Or I am. We are there. Yes. We've been yes. we've been there often enough to know uh, what everyone there is enjoying or going through, depending on how you look at it. Yeah, tell or me enduring. about last time we were there, Paul. Remind me. Last time we were there was before the uh, great COVID pandemic. That was a very busy time. Last time we were there, it was 2019. Yeah, 2019, and uh, probably it was the first time we had 5G live on the stand. I think we had. The first 5G live network actually there on the stand, not in our phones at all yet, but we had mm. we had a couple of 5G devices, meaning hotspots, stuff like that. Hotspots, stuff like that. I think we might have talked about it on the podcast. I think so. Maybe we should maybe we should go and listen and see what we said. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought we could give a little bit like that things have happened in these two years when we have not been to MWC and the world has sort of moved on and and the five G has definitely moved on and uh, now at least some of us are back at MWC or some of our colleagues are back. I'm going to stop you there, Janina, because we need to say what is what is this thing called MWC? Yes. Give yeah, us the briefs. Oh, the MWC. Or, no, not your briefs. Paul, <laughs> the not brief. your briefs. Thank you, Janina. Cut that out. <laughs> that was an instruction to the <laughs> editing team. <laughs> uh, Mobile World Congress, MWC, is a yeah. big, one of the biggest telecom industry trade shows that occurs on an annual basis. They have them, they have them in other parts of the world as well. There's Shanghai and there's, I think, Los Angeles now. Uh, I think there is now, yes. But this is the the big one, and it's it's not been on the same scale for the last two years because of COVID. Certainly, we as a company have not been there for the last two years. So this is a kind of getting back to normal event yes, as uh, as, as we turn up. But it's still fairly quiet because you know there are still a lot of precautions about COVID. Not as many people from the exhibitor side and not as many people from the from the visitor side either. But interesting to see things starting to build back again. Yeah. So this is sort of like the first step back from these years with the pandemic. The first steps back to normal for normal business and actually meeting customers and talking about what's coming up and showing the, the brandest and finest and newest things in the industry of mobility. Yeah, but of course, 5G hasn't stood still for two years. There's lots exactly. happening in 5G. Yeah, so there's so much. And we have a big hall. There, It's a huge place. We have part of a hall there showing Ericsson's 5G, both equipment and solutions. And uh, I think if you want to know more about it, there is a lot of information and photos usually being shared about it. Or... Or you could keep listening to the podcast and hear what our guests have to say. Yes, yes. So we this morning we got together with two people on the site. It's Cecilia Atterval, who is the head of marketing and com- communications at Ericsson Networks, and also Dr. Sally Eves, who is she's got a 
very diverse background. We'll hear about that later. But basically, she is a technical thought leader in this area, very much into what's happening in our business and in the industry right now. So they will give us their view of what's happening. And Paul, they will also talk about a couple of things that we wanted to explain. Yeah, well, there are two related things. One of the things that is being talked about a lot at Mobile World Congress is sustainability issues and what can telecoms do both to cut its carbon footprint, but also to contribute to society. So we talk about sustainability and amongst the other important things that are happening in the world, the IPCC issued a new report this week. And of course, we forgot to say on the on the podcast during the interview, the IPCC, or maybe I actually said it but got it wrong, was the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change. So that's an international organisation working on behalf of the different governments of the world to work out what's happening. And they have a, a new report out, which has some fairly shocking things in it about how some of the things that we're seeing with global warming now are simply irreversible, but also some positive spins in terms of things that, that uh, society can do to move in a good direction. So we'll talk more about that in the interview. And we also talk about SDGs a little bit. And again, we should explain that that's the UN's Sustainable Development Goals. So that's targets that the UN has set in terms of moving society in a positive direction. And there are many organisations around the world which work towards improving things for the environment and for people's environment in different parts of the globe. Um, so SDGs, if you hear that, that's what we're talking about. Sustainable Development Goals. And those are also set by the UN, right? Correct. So it's a podcast with lots of abbreviations or trigrams, as we call them. We love those, Terrickson. We do, except IPCC is not a trigram. <laughs> right. So it's, yeah. <laughs> it's a quadgram. So IPCC, SDGs. MWC. This is it. This is it. Let's hear all about it. Let's hear about it. Yay! (laughs) So, we are not at MWC in Barcelona, but we have people there. Hi, Cecilia. Hey, Anna, great to be here with you. Cecilia Attevall, heading up marketing and communications for Ericsson Networks. Uh, it's a pleasure for me to be here. I'm actually, I found myself a quiet spot here at the show together with Sally sitting next to me. Yeah, and we've had you on the podcast a couple of times before. So the listeners should be aware of Cecilia. You normally work at Ericsson, but you have also a deep interest in the area. You say you have a passion for people and technology. And any of the combination of of the two. So I'm really fascinated by seeing how technology can make an impact and improvement to, to our lives and society. And also, what is it that makes some technologies being used and appreciated and and others not. So it's all about the products at Ericsson Ultimate, the technology that we develop makes this place a better one. Yeah, and it's great to have you with us straight from the actual event. And you also brought along Dr. Sally Eves. Hi, Sally. Hi there, lovely to join you today. It's a real pleasure to be joining you all. Great show. Mm. 
who are you? <laughs> I'm Dr. Sally Hughes, and I kind of work across, let's say, three pillars. So technology, education, and social impact. So I'm chair of Global Cyber Trust for a big cybersecurity think tank. I'm also CEO of Aspirational Futures. It's literally all about all things tech for good across education and sustainability. And I'm also a advisor with a CTO background, so working right across the technology spectrum. Sounds like you're very busy. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Honestly, I love that. I, I, t- I do teaching at universities and research and stuff as well. So yeah, it's a real joy, real joy. So yeah, I love bringing all those elements together. Like Cecilia was saying, it's nice to bring people, process, culture, skills and technology. They're not separate things. It's the holistic nature and how you integrate them, I think is super important. That's so right. Great to be here. Great to have you on the podcast. And today we are talking about what we in the business called MWC. The so Mobile Cecilia. World Congress, exactly. Yeah. So what, what, is what is this it? and why is it so important? Well, I think Mobile World Congress is that opportunity to bring very many different players together across the, across the ecosystem. And it's been around for a long time. Obviously, for the last two years, it's been a, a lot less of an event, a lot fewer participants. And Ericsson has actually chosen not to be here, neither in uh, 2020 or 21. So... For us, it's great to be back. It provides us with an opportunity to really meet our customers, other players from the ecosystem, media, analysts, and so on, to see how we can really bring our technology to life. Awesome. And I'll add to that, if that's okay. Again, the vibrancy, I think, is fantastic. There's a real joy on people's faces about all being together. I think the other thing for me is the power of community. So things around GSMA Foundation and a lot of organizations are really kind of emphasizing their impact here. So I think the power of community at this event is really coming to the fore already as well. So yeah, it's great to see that. Great to be all together. Yeah. It's been a couple of years, true. So, but now... Things are starting to roll again after the pandemic. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's back it's to normal, but it is still a bit of a different <laughs> event in that sense. So we would see fewer participants here, fewer delegates. I mean, we're still aiming to have the same great experience for those who come here, but we're also working with this approach of a hybrid event, right? So that we can really also, through different means, bring everything that's happening here to people who are also not in Barcelona. Absolutely. And that's probably one of the biggest takeaways maybe from the last couple of years as well, is still keeping that really high quality kind of streaming of things as well, because it democratizes access to all this content too. So yeah, Yeah. kind of best of both worlds, isn't it, in some respects? (laughs) Exactly. So the big difference is also, of course, I can see on the pictures that you have to wear masks. That's right. (laughs) And that's right. So everyone is here with a mask and and that provides, you know, that sense of of security and also I think people keeping more of a distance. Of course, that also makes all of us here having to raise our voices a little bit more, engage a bit more to really, really reach through. So it it is that kind of different kind of of interaction when when everyone is with a mask, but it's for the safety. So it's a a good choice. So, I mean, we, we caught you very early. So we, you've just been uh, on site for a few hours. That's right. What's your immediate impression of the 2022 version of Mobile World Congress? I think for me personally, what I've loved to see is the fact that we've got different considerations that maybe a few years ago were on the periphery. So things around sustainability is a classic example of that. They're now mainstream conversations, seeing some great announcements around that is really resonating. I think organizations like Ericsson have been really listening to what consumers are asking and also ecosystem partners. And your announcements around the you know portfolio innovation, for example, around reducing energy consumption are bang on around that. It's a great leadership piece. So I've loved to see that. It's, 
know, one of my biggest passion areas is how you can you know, scale sustainability impacts and how you can help people you know, make those informed decisions and take steps forward in that area. And I think connectivity is right at the hub of so many aspects around the SDGs broadly. So for me, number one is that centre stage. It's not around the edge. It's really you know, embedded in so many conversations here. So that's a great innovation and step forward to benefit everyone. I agree. And I, I think, I mean, sustainability is such an important topic. It's both for the environment. A lot of our operators put it as a requirement yes. to us now. And it's, of course, also the aspect of, of the energy efficiency as such. So it's for the environment. It is also actually a very big economic, I mean, for them, a very big part of the budget is actually to, to invest in, in technology, but also have it running. So if you would look today, about 80% of the energy consumed in, uh, in our industry is by networks up and running live. And of course, with traffic exploding in 5G, we have to break the energy curve. We have to be able to provide that increased capacity and the great user experience while flattening it out or even reducing the energy consumed. Absolutely, it's a huge one. And, and again, making the steps forward in that area, you mentioned there about being a requirement for ecosystem partners. Again, mm. that's kind of like using sphere of influence, as I like to call yeah. it, and helping everybody do the right thing. And that's how you get, you know, I'm going to use that word contagion that we've used in a negative way in the last two years. Let's yeah. reclaim that word and make yeah. it contagion of change that's really positive. Yeah. The more we can do this, the more we can scale it. And that's tackling a very specific area and making a huge percentage impact. So I think that's fantastic as a way forward. Great. And the IPCC report, Paul, came out this week as well. I mean, this uh, is a it, hot topic. It did, and I think that's one of the, you know, one of one of the milestones in the history around climate change is when the IPCC releases new reports that give us new insights and new new ways to look at what needs to happen with society and a check on like where are we. On the, on the roadmap, if you like to put it that way. And, and I think the basic takeaway is that society needs to do more, the world needs to do more. But I think there's some interesting details in there that's, that's relevant to us as we look at how technology can play a part. And I know that Sally has had a chance to at least download the report. I don't know if she's read it yet. <laughs> I've, I've, had a, I've had a quick look, Paul, basically. I'm literally kind of like at two o'clock in the morning because um, of, of an interesting flight journey, should we say. But uh, so I've had a quick look. What, what struck me from that is the fact that the report is not just talking about, you know, how we stop climate change. It's being far more tangible in the steps we can take along the way. So almost like an incremental innovation approach, I would, I would say. I think that's hugely important. You know, with, with these big challenges we have at the moment, I think particularly for smaller organisations, it's kind of like, oh, it can be overwhelming. It's like, where do I start? And it's so big, it's so difficult. Have I got the agency to be able to do something about that? So when you see reports that are breaking it down a little bit, showing the steps along the way, and it's kind of showing how all these different parts can make a difference. So I think that's hugely significant. I think for me as well, more broadly, the other aspect about this is focusing more around measurement. I think it's always been the weakest link when it comes to social impact. You know, we're seeing a lot at the moment about ESG reporting, but organisations tend to do it in a slightly different way. Um, so getting more standards around this, I think, is hugely important. So you know, consumers are becoming increasingly conscious, which is great. I love that. And again, in terms of you know, partnerships, as Cecilia mentioned, you know, part of working with an organisation is you know, how are you delivering on this? Being transparent, but also moving beyond transparency and a co commitment to accountability as well. So I'm really glad that we're seeing more focus on this and how people can make comparisons. And with my research hat on just for a little minute as well, I'm releasing something too, which is kind of like a social impact index, which is addressing some of this. So I think hopefully we'll be part of that conversation and action about doing measurement better and learning from one another so we can keep incrementally improving there too. 
I think that's great. Yeah. I would really welcome that. I mean, it's not every everyone that can have like a whole department of people working exactly. on tracking yes. sustainability metrics like a, a, a huge company that Eric, like Ericsson can do. Mm-hmm. So for enabling people, enabling exactly. small size businesses to be able to see what is it that matters? Yes. How can I measure that? What can I do to make a difference? Exactly. I think that's that's that that's where we need to go to make it a change. I think. Absolutely. It's empowering, isn't it? And yeah. it's, that's hugely, I think everybody does, you know, 9.999 times out of 10, people yeah. want to make a difference, but it's that how and you know, mm. filtering through the information you're seeing to mm. things that are tangible and actionable, you know, whether you're an SME or a large enterprise and be able to tailor mm. that. So the more that we can do that and personalise that information for wherever you are, what sector you're in, the more mm. we can scale and integrate this impact, which is, yeah, where we all want to go. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm. But, but how do you see communications playing a role in sustainability and actually, you know, bringing down climate impact? I think it's, if you look to the telecommunications industry, of course, there are I think two main areas you could think of. One is how do we as an industry ourselves become Mm. more sustainable? How do we work with the energy consumed for the network so that we can really, because again, as I said, it's it's the majority of of the energy consumed with our industry is when the networks are up and running. And the best way that you can address this is of course, by not using energy at all when you Mm. don't have to. So I am super proud that we were nominated by Telefonica together for the software and services that we do for something called, for example, deep sleep, that we we allow our equipment to go into deep sleep, not consuming energy and any energy when not needed. So I think that's kind of thing. But the other one is, of course, how you can how you can utilize technology for the benefit of a whole lot of other industries and society. So with everything that comes with digitalization and communication that you, for example, wouldn't have to ship goods or you wouldn't have to travel because you find other means of Mm. reaching your objective, leveraging uh, communications. Mm. And here also, there was a couple of new product releases just before MWC from Ericsson, which also very much focused on the sustainability angle together with, of course, having great 5G coverage. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cecilia, yeah. Uh, so I was the, exactly, I was mentioning before, it was more on the, on the software and services side, but of course there is a whole lot of things we can do by optimizing the equipment as such. So I think our secret source there is the Ericsson Silicon. So how we develop our hardware to be together with our software, really optimizing for the energy consumption. And we, we had a, a whole release uh, coming out with a sustainable seven of yes. products of Ericsson where, you know, with a, with a flagship radio that in itself consumes 25% less energy when it's put and with the modernizing of, of sites. So while increasing capacity by 10 times. So it's really, really a, a big opportunity and something that I have taken a lot of pressure to, to show our customers here on the floor where we have all our products and we can, we can show them how a site would look like, how you really, really can, can make a, a step change in, in energy consumption. I love that. It also shows this is shared value, doesn't it? Mm. You know, you're improving performance, improving capacity, that 10 times increase you mentioned, Mm. resiliency, all of these good things. So you're actually helping from that efficiency, cost-saving point of view, and you're delivering all of that on sustainability at the same time. So again, I think previously there used to be these separate conversations. You know, Mm. you can do good over here, you can do well as a business over here. It's not like that at all. The more we Mm. can get that message across, you bring these things together, actually you're creating an amazing shared value opportunity. And Mm. I honestly think as well, whether it's a consumer perspective 
perspective, an employee one, an advocacy one, people are making choices and you know, walking away from organisations that don't deliver on that. So what mm. you're doing there and what you're helping customers to do is actually probably going to be the biggest driver for competitive advantage into the future. I genuinely believe that because people want that values alignment. You know, what they believe in personally, they want the organisations they work with, buy from, you know, advocate for to, to share those. So I think you've got an amazing leadership there. So I, I, I really love that. And in yeah. education as well, Connect to Learn. I love that programme. So it's yeah. amazing, amazing. Yeah. But, <laughs> no, but it, you're right. I mean, every every single customer conversation I've had down here, energy consumption, sustainability was on the agenda. Yes, It's there exactly. for everyone. And so the Glomo Award, which is one of the biggest awards that's given out during MWC, is then in the category of uh, best mobile innovation for climate action. So we'll keep our fingers crossed that we win that one, but it's still a really nice thing to be nominated for, I think. It's a very important area for for the world. And uh, But then, Cecilia, those are some of the things that's being shown in the Ericsson stand. We have the hardware wall I've heard of and got some pictures for. Describe it. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. So first of all, just entering the, the Ericsson stand. And I'm, I'm so much looking forward to showing Sally as well. As you enter the Ericsson stand, you can, you can go through what we call an immersive experience that really showcases where we think how the world could look like in 2030. And from a number of different perspectives, right? So it's both from, you know, a production facility, how it would look like from a consumer experience, and also your favorite topic. I think we can look at entertain, not only education as well, how it would look different. And we can talk a lot more about that. But once you have seen that experience of 2030 and like an immersive walkthrough, you get right onto the Ericsson floor where you have our full portfolio covered, including, like you said, Janina, the hardware wall. So we try, we're trying to tie all of these pieces together to show the vision that we have on Imagine Possible, show getting people the experience of 2030, but then also tying it to our portfolio with mm-hmm. our hardware, our software, our services, how we can deliver on that future. Yeah. There seems to be a lot about immersive experiences and metaverse and XR, which is like AR, VR in in different combinations. Anything there you expect to see? I know we have a demo with together with Oppo. Looks amazing. But how is it? Have you tried anything? Have you seen anything? Yes, I have. So, you know, I and I'm a bit of a fan. I'm a bit of a my whole family. We love gaming. We have, you know, virtual reality in the bulky format that you can have today at home. I like to play with my kids. They are so much better than I am, but it's, it's still, it's so fun. So, but now I got to do something which my, my family haven't done. So I'll be super to bring that experience back home and tell them. So here in the, the Ericsson booth, you can actually try out an, an XR experience where you put on a much lighter pair of glasses than the bulky headset that I have at home. And then you can be like a, a, a queen of dragons and just having a, an experience where you are out there and just fighting the dragons and, and coming out as a, a superwoman afterwards. In my case, I loved it. Oh, <laughs> it's I want really to go funny. Yeah, I'll probably bragging guys for home. That is, I I got exactly. there first. You can hear my, my son's back home, you know, have a... A dragon queen as a mother coming back home, I'm sure they will be super happy and, 
and want to listen to all of my experiences. I'm just kidding. But, you know, that kind of thing is also... (laughs) But the thing is that when you look at a gaming world, I think you can have a whole lot of new experiences. But what I find amazing is also to think about how could you put those experiences into other areas, like education. How can you create an immersive experience for people to want to learn new stuff in new ways? And I know that's something that you have been thinking a lot of, right? Yeah, oh, absolutely. And it's kind of this whole reimagining what's possible, isn't it? It really makes you able to do that. And, you know, whether it's going back in time to see something that happened thousands of years ago and put yourself in that place. And with that kind of cost of ownership going down as well, there's a democratisation opportunity here as well. We can get this into more and more schools and really kind of do that outreach and give people those opportunities to learn and to grow. But I also think in other areas like mental health, empathy, you know, training in organisations, put yourself in someone else's shoes. I think great applications around that. And again, probably never more timely around this particular area as well. You know, thinking about, you know, the impact over the pandemic over the last couple of years. So that's a really interesting area for me as well. All forms of training and education, um, but also even this kind of escapism, helping people to think differently. Now, I'm a big advocate of STEAM learning. So, you know, traditional STEM, but with the arts on an equal stage. And, you know, we need that creative confidence, that imagination to think about what's possible, communication skills to get the buy-in, all of those things together, and then the tech skills to help build them. And I think sometimes uh, we've had less of a focus on that in recent years. I think the advances in gaming, putting yourself into that experience, having that XR opportunity, we can create amazing new use cases of 5G in so many other areas as well. So it helps people to to, think differently, put yourself in someone else's shoe, free your imagination. So, yeah, I think it's huge. And I think it's going to be the biggest growth area. Network slicing will help that, obviously, as well, that specific use case. Yeah, I love that. And just a fun anecdote to put how you can really get another mm-hmm. perspective. Last time when I was, I was trying out the new, we are trying out something new in Ericsson Research with virtual reality. And just to, when I tried it out, I managed somehow to enter the floor level wrong. So I ended up being <laughs> a kid in the in the oh, trial, cool. in, the, in the proof. And But that actually, that told me you, you got... I got immediately back, you know, how it was 30 years ago or 40 years ago when I was a child and how the world looks differently. So I think it's about different perspectives, about humanism and empathy, but even such a, a humiliating, you know, humbling experience as being a child again yes. in, in your length actually made me realize what a different experience you get depending on who you are. Absolutely, and potentially a very freeing one as well, isn't it? You know, you've taken away certain boundaries and things like that, and going back to that kind of, yeah, all things are possible, you know? I did an event recently, and we had kids coming onto the stage, and we were talking about the SDGs, and what can you achieve, and how can we make a difference? And they were never talking about problems. It was always, we can do this, and I want to do that, and I want to grow up and do this, and we can change this, and I love that. And it was that creative spark, that confidence to say, yes, we can. And again, I think sometimes... This immersive technology can help us get that that feeling, that ethos back, which is great for everybody, I think. So, yeah, Yeah. I love that. Yeah. (laughs) And here at the MWC, uh, the immersive experience that you get when you're entering the Ericsson booth, right? The the Imagine Possible, that is also available online. So our listeners can actually go in and try it a little bit, right? have Have you tried it? Yeah, of course, I had the experience here, but also as every one of us, anyone who's been through, there is this, you know, opportunity to immediately share on social media as well so that you can link it out and put it out there so everyone can try as well. So it's definitely there for our listeners of this show as well. And do you need VR headset for that? You don't. You don't, Paul. So you can you can join us now if you like to, right? Let's do your straight on. Yeah, Let's get yes, a different call. Yes, Absolutely. Yeah. The XR experience that we are showing with the new fancy headsets, light headsets together with Oppo. The amazing thing for 5G there is, of course, 
it is over 5G and it's over 5G SA. Paul, this is also another area that we hope is going to be big this year and might, it, it's one of the hot topics of, uh, of MWC. Uh, do you have any SA. news there? Yeah. Have you heard anything about 5G SA lately? I've not heard anything from uh, from the World Congress, but of course, 5G SA is, is a little bit what what some people might call proper 5G. Um, SA is, is standalone, so you have a 5G core working with a 5G uh, access network. So there's there's no 4G network needed for it to work, and that makes it very very attractive for things like private networks. And the standards have moved along, so you get better latency, which also makes it good for use cases that that need fast interaction and doing things in real time. So things like and and if you talk about virtual reality or, or augmented reality, you know you've got you've got things like you can fly a drone and you can have a video connection and and like sit with maybe with your headset on as if you were where the drone is instead of where you are so you can do inspection or you can travel and and see things at a distance they use augmented reality in, in factories for for helping people that are on the production line or or doing tasks so that so you can overlay information in terms of what you see in front of you say you're manufacturing a printed circuit board a, a card to go into an equipment and it has a fault on it then you know the the vr headset can have a little arrow it says it's this one you need to change because it's not working yeah and that's the augmentation i guess in the augmentation help you to be more effective in the in the job that you're doing it helps so to provide many you with... different things that you can yeah. do and i mean the basic of it is or the base of it is 5G SA, it's net, that brings in network slicing, it brings in all of these uh, very new cool opportunities for both business. And I've seen some, some information about 5G networks being a hot topic as well at MWC. And I just realized that one of the things that we, I think we did in the last MWC was actually, it was the first one where we actually had 5G on site at the event. Now it must be out there. <laughs> now it's out there. Of course, of course. I mean, and right now we have more overall globally. There are over two hundred live networks launched, and, and Ericsson is in you know one hundred fourteen of these as of today. So it's really out there. But at the same time, I think there is still uh, you know a lot more to do to evolve the networks going forward. And, and Paul, you were talking about standalone and what opportunities that really brings with very low latency or in other terms. Lo, no lag if you're for example doing yep. cloud gaming but also enables in, in new gaming case. speak no uh, lag. exactly and then with standalone you also bring opportunities that the industry has been talking about for a long time like network slicing and one of the things that we're showing here today is also how you actually bring the network slice all the way into the device which means from a consumer perspective that you could have multiple like accounts mm. So you could distinguish between your the work profile and your personal profile, and you could have even different capabilities of the connection for those, depending on what kind of services you would be using. And, and maybe for your employer, that could mean an additional security. For you as, a, as, a, as an employee, if you're also a gamer, you could have a whole other you know, capability on your device when you're doing your, your gaming sessions, for example. So that's really cool. It, it makes it much more practically adoptable for some of that, you know, distinguishing uh, different capabilities of the network for different use cases. 
I love that. And with my kind of that trust head on from it as well, yeah. you know, zero trust, another big key theme of the year. Yeah. But the actual actualizing of that and making it really tangible. And again, from organizations right through from SME to enterprise, that slice to device level gives that opportunity to tailor it so well. So I think that's a real, real you know, step forward as well. So I like that. Slice of the device is great naming. But yes, I, I know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It makes it stick, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I just got word now that we are recording that Gartner's 5G Magic Quadrant has just been published in a press release from Ericsson just went out now. And it puts us on top, Cecilia, for 5G for the second year in a row. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's great. And it's only been it's only been done two years. So we're really there for, you know, the two reports that have been out there as a leader in Gartner 5G Magic Quadrant. And I think that when they say quadrant, I mean, the interesting thing is, of course, here that they not only look at vision, but also ability to execute. And you can clearly see Ericsson as the leader in, in, in both of these dimensions. So, I mean, all of what we talked about here, trying to have a vision for 2030 and beyond, but also able to execute on that with our portfolio that we're showcasing here today. I mean, I couldn't be more proud just seeing that out today now. That's awesome. We need a sound effect for this, I think, don't we? Like a little drum roll. Yeah. Thing. I think be amazing. But, but that is awesome. Because, yeah, yeah, conceptualization and vision is one thing, but moving it to actualize it and scale it is another one. So the fact that you're leading on both of those elements, that's that's yeah. wonderful. So many yeah. congratulations. That's awesome. So, yeah, thank you. Thank that's you, great Sally. news. Wonderful. Some good news for today. We need that. We, Absolutely. That's, we love that's good news. Amazing. So what are you going to do now? Next, I'm going to take Sally on a tour of our immersive experience entering the, the our booth. Because right now, you know, we just went right into this podcast that so we didn't have the chance. And I so would li- like to show you I can't that wait. thing. And then sharing it with everyone listening to this podcast as well through the link that we could be sharing in conjunction. That sounds like a plan oh, to me. That's <laughs> great. That sounds great. So you'll, you'll create something, a video or something. And yes, let's add that to this podcast so we can see what you did after. <laughs> Absolutely. We're setting <laughs> up perfectly great. now. I can't get, wait. Get I can't a wait sneak to get preview of 2030. Yes. <laughs> Thanks so much, Cecilia and Sally, for being on the podcast and giving us your immediate experience of uh, the Mobile World Congress uh, 2022. And thanks, everyone, for listening as well. Bye for now. Thank you, Yana. Thank you. Thank you, Thanks, Sally. Thank you. Pleasure.